Um, I'm just going to pray. But before I do, I don't want you to stand up because you've been standing up for a while. But there's something about being positioned for God to do something. So no one's going to be looking around. But what I would like everyone to do is close your eyes, not yet because I'm going to show you what I want you to do. And I want you to put your hands out in front of you like God's God's going to be putting something into your hands. Because I believe we don't come to church just to say, I've done church for the week. We've come to receive something from heaven, right? Because if we just turn it, sorry, is that what we do? You guys are a bit quiet this morning. Is it like winter or cold or something up here? Okay, so sorry, um, church is a two-way communication, right? Okay, we're not, we're not here just to, we're here to receive something from God, right? Yeah, that's what we come for. And if we don't have that expectation, then we're actually closing our hearts off to receive what God wants to do. Because God's not going to force himself on you. So we need to have that hard attitude. God, whatever you want to say. God, whatever you want to do. Maybe it's got nothing to do with anything that I'm going to say, but God's just actually going to heal your body or bring hope or faith just throughout the service this morning. So I want everyone just to close their eyes and put your hands out in front of you like you're going to receive something. This is a a boldness. This is a statement saying, God, I want to receive something this morning. Father, today we haven't come, God, for anything but to receive something from you. God, and I just pray, increase our expectation. God, increase our demand on heaven. God, for you to come and you to intervene in situations, you to release your miraculous power. God, even while we're sitting right now, God, I I thank you that you're going to speak direction. God, you're going to bring hope and faith to situations that feel hopeless. God, you're going to bring breakthroughs. God, I release financial provision and financial miracles right now. God, I thank you that you are working. And like we sing, Lord, even though we don't see it, you are working in these different situations. Father, right now I come against infirmity and I come against sickness. God, I now release your healing into bodies. God, I thank you that you are working. God, that you are going to speak so clearly and so powerfully this morning. We thank you that you're here. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Oh, okay. Where, Where do we start? Well, many of you will know. Okay. Good morning. If you don't know, my name is Sam. Unfortunately, I am from Auckland and you... You don't have to hate me for that. Although I am sick of the Northland Roads. Can I just say that? So I was, um, it was great this week. I was here on Thursday, uh, spent a whole lot of time with all the staff. And I just, honestly, we had some of the, just, they were, they were real practical meetings. But I could just so sense God leading discussion. It was just such a great time. But all that to say that I've already driven on your roads once this week and now again this morning. And this is not political, but somebody needs to sort the roads out. Can I just say that? (laughs) But anyway, we're not going to get into politics this morning. But what I do want to say is, if you've been part of Church Unlimited for any time, you'll know that there is a mission statement. It used to be on the walls, but um, it's going to come up on the screen behind you. But one part of it talks about the fact that Church Unlimited is called to be an hour of truth. Because we believe in this thing called the Bible. Now, just out of interest, something that is on Jody, my wife's and I's heart, is we need to bring back the Bible. So can I just see, and this is not about convicting anyone, but raise up your Bible if you've actually got a, a 
physical one of these things in the service this morning. Oh, there's a few. That's not bad. Now, I mean, the, the, can I just say, the phone is great. I, I, I love reading the Bible on my phone. But there's something about turning the pages, right? There's something about having the book. There's something about pulling out the Bible and going, I'm going to bring it to church because I'm expecting God to speak something through this word. So this is talking about an hour of truth. You know what's scary is there's a whole lot of churches who don't believe that every word in here is from God, from heaven. Um, And one of our cultures um, is that the Bible is our foundation. We build our lives on the authority of God's word. So if we want to know what the truth is, you don't turn to social media, you don't turn to the news, and you definitely don't turn to that thing called the pulpit of truth down in Parliament. We turn to this thing, right? Now, I read, I think this was yesterday or the day before, if you want to know the truth, you've got to read the truth. You know, if you, if you want to know what's right, you've got to actually be reading this. But what's really interesting, um, and it just got read out this morning, just before, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, all Scripture is inspired by God. From Genesis 1 to Revelation 21, is it? Who knows? Somebody should know this. 21, isn't it? Come on, 22. 22. We should know this, right? We should know this. Do you know what's scary? I just have to say this. If we, if we tell some of our young people, not picking on young people because I used to be young, hey, let's turn to the book of Ezekiel. A lot of them have to turn to the contents page. Because, you know, when you look at it on your phone, you can just scroll through. We need to get back into this book, right? But what does this book say? You know, we need to know what's on there. And I really sense that we need to stand on this word. So this morning, this title of this message is Caged Lions. Can you say caged lions? Because here's the thing. I know that if we come to church kind of regularly, we end up hearing about... 40 plus messages or more a year, but there's got to be one thing that kind of lands in our minds. And I believe, because I feel it, and sometimes I say to Jody, I feel like I'm a caged lion. And, and you know, if you've ever been to a zoo, you know what I'm talking about. Now, none of us here are actually caged lions, because you all look human to me, okay? And none of us have a real loud roar, although some of us might. I haven't been told off by any of you yet, but I'm sure some of you may have a loud roar. But you know, when I think of a lion or a caged lion, you usually think of like the zoo or there used to be a park up there somewhere um, that had lions. It was actually not far from my uncle's place up in Kerikeri and then it got closed down, but that's another thing. But when I think of caged lions, I think of Madagascar. You know that movie? Some of you will have seen it. And, and these guys are in New York Zoo, and they are having the time of their life. They are superstars, they're getting fed, everything is going easy. But you know what they want? They want to be free. They want to be free, they want to be released, they want to be doing what they're called to do, right? If you, if you haven't seen the movie, you don't have to see the movie, you just have to know that they wanted to get to Madagascar, they wanted to get out. And I believe that this morning, the question is, are you a caged lion? And the answer is, I think some of us are, because we are trapped not doing and being what God's called us to be. And it's not because of circumstance or situation. It's because of 
our thinking and our understanding of who we really are. See, when I think of a caged lion, when that phrase pops into my head, I think of the king of the jungle being stuck in a man-made pen. I think of a majestic predator that is designed to run across the plains of Africa, hunting down prey, stuck being fed pieces of meat by us. I think of a man-eating beast that most animals should be fearful of. They should have a healthy respect for. But now little children can come and stand only a few meters away because there's a cage that's keeping them stuck. A caged lion has so much potential, but it's confined and it's limited to the surroundings it's finding itself in each day. And that can be us as Christians. See, we have been called, you and I have been called to rule and to reign with Christ. Is that right? We have, called, we have been called to have dominion. You have been given authority. I love this. You have been given authority over sicknesses, over the principalities and powers of this world. Yet some days we find ourselves so stuck, we find it hard to get motivated to walk out of our front door. Is that right? I know sometimes I do. I want to be honest. You know, sometimes the pressures of life, the financial uh, things that are around us, or even whatever society's saying through TV or the media or what we're seeing on Facebook or Instagram just traps us and stops us from being who God's called us to be. We read in the Bible about a guy named Daniel and his three friends. And do you know what? They were called to be how many times better? Okay, we should know this. They're called to be how many times better? Pastor Russell. Okay, sorry. In the Bible, there's a story about these three guys. And, and if you don't know it, it's okay, but you should read it. It's a great story. And do you know what? They go and they're living in a land that's not their own. But God anointed them to be different, to be set apart, and they were 10 times better. Can we say 10 times? Okay, right. So now if somebody asks you, how many times better were Daniel and his friends? How many? Okay, so now you can win some Bible trivia, okay? But you should know these things. You've got to read this book. If you don't read this book, you don't know what you're called to be. You don't know who you're meant to be. And this is the thing. If you don't read this, you don't understand that God has called you to be different. But not different by yourself. He's called you to be different through His power, through His anointing, through His authority. See, they were trapped, they were restricted in this land, but God was with them, and they were able to be so much better. Oh, my notes have just disappeared. Come back, there we go. See, as Christians, we have the same power that created the universe, that raised Christ from the dead, living inside of us. And so often, we just find ourselves tiptoeing through life going, oh, I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Can I tell you, this book is offensive. Do you know why it's offensive? Because it tells you that the things that you're doing that you want to do because we've got sin in our lives is not the way God wanted us to. This book tells us that we shouldn't be having sex outside of marriage. Man, that is contrary to what the world says, isn't it? But God, I was talking to my kids about it because we want to educate them. Do you know, the Bible says it because God's got a better plan. And we shouldn't be afraid of it. You know, this is the thing. We, are, we can be caged lions. We can be like caged lions because God's created us for so much more 
And yet we're stuck restricted. We're stuck just trying to blend in and not stand out. Pastor Tark said last Sunday in his message, if you saw it, that the Christian faith is a battleground, not a playground. See, as Christians, we're called to be lions. Why? Because we've got the lion of the tribe of Judah living inside of us. Is that right? If we are Christians, we have got him, Jesus, living inside of us. You're called to be a lioness. You're called to not stand back and be fearful. You're called to step forward and take ground. We're called to not see things happening to our family and put up with it. We're called to get to our knees and pray. That's what um, the whole thing about life hack is all about. If we have that power, we have that authority, but so often we don't pray. Now, I, to be honest, I am a bit like you. Sometimes I get up in the morning and I just feel a little discouraged. I'm tired or I'm frustrated. But that's the world putting things on me. It's not what the Bible's saying about me. It's not, that's not what the Bible says about you. And we have to live not according to what we feel or what the world tells us to think, but we have to live according to what the Bible says about us. So I want to read out a few scriptures here. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority. This is not me giving you authority. This is the one who created the world has given us the authority. Now, luckily, we don't actually physically have to trample on serpents and scorpions anymore. But I've given us the power over the enemy, and nothing, nothing will hurt us. I love Mark 16, because this is Jesus commissioning us. And these signs will follow those who believe. Can I just have a show of hands? Who believes this morning? Okay, this is what I want to call out in your life. Seeing somebody healed, if we're not seeing some healing like once a month, even a big toe or a headache for our kids, we're, we're not living what God's called us to. Now, I'm not trying to convict you. What I'm trying to do is speak out what's already in here. And you know what you have to do? You have to pray. Because if you don't ask God to do something, guess what? He won't do it. And I'm not trying to be silly. It's true. God has restricted himself to our prayers. Now, yes, he's sovereign and he could intervene. But if we don't pray, we're missing what God has called us to. So this is what it says. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Can I just say, man, I, over the last, since New Zealand beyond, I have seen, because I've had the privilege, about 80 young people start speaking in tongues. And some of them will be in this church because they were down at conference. Why? Because I couldn't do it without speaking in tongues. I couldn't do it without the Holy Spirit. And that's what's living inside of us, right? But if we're allowing the world to stop us living the spiritual dimension, we are caged lions. We will lay hands, not they. We will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It should be normal. It should actually be normal. You know, last no, two weeks ago, so last Sunday I heard about it, the Sunday before I had a lady come up to me, and she's been part of West for ages, and she said, I have to go back to the doctor because I think um, cancer's come back to my body. In that moment, I just prayed. Did I pray a super faithful prayer? No, I just prayed, God, you've done it before, and you're going to do it again. 
And do you know what? She came back the next week. No sign of cancer. No sign of cancer. I was talking to a pastor friend just during the week. He was one of, let's say, the top 10 worst long COVID cases in the country. He's been taking 19 forms of medication a day. About a month ago, somebody prayed for him, not me, somebody prayed for him. And over the course of 24 hours, something changed in his body. He went back to the doctor and they have given him a full bowl of health. But listen to this, this is what they said. This is a miraculous recovery because they cannot explain it apart from it's miraculous. That needs to be normal. Uh, last, must be six weeks ago or five weeks ago, I was down in Rotorua. And if you don't know about Rotorua, they have got just no rental accommodation down there. It's really tricky at the moment. But there was a family who were living in this place called Tokoroa, and they wanted to move to Rotorua because... Um, that's where the church is, and that's where they wanted to be. So I just prayed. I said, God, you can make a way. And we prayed specifically for a, a house with two bedrooms. We prayed uh, for a job transfer for the husband. The wife had already got a job down there. Well, they rung me uh, last week, and she was so excited. She said, guess what? We've got this nice, not brand new, but new house that we're moving into that we're renting, it started last weekend, so we're moving on Saturday, and my husband has just had his job transferred from Tokoroa down to Rotorua, and it's all happened, and it all happened like within a week. That is the power of God, that we are able to release, right? Who's a little bit excited about that? See, this is who we are. We are... Christians who believe and follow Jesus, who have the authority to see things change. We have the authority to pray and release God's power. We have the authority to walk through life and see things change. But we allow the way we think, the way the world tells us to think, to change. And at the end of this message, we're going to sing that song, Champion, again. But I want to look at these words that are on the screen. And I just want to see what we're singing because this is the thing. So often we just sing words and we don't really understand what we're singing. So when I lift my voice and shout, this is the bridge, every wall comes crashing down. Not because my voice is that loud, but because of the power that is in the words that we speak. If they're lining up with the truth, right? That is the power that you have. But if you don't understand that, your words just hit the ceiling. And that is when we're allowing ourselves to be caged lions, to stop, because we have that roar, we have that authority. I have the authority Jesus has given me. When I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out. I have the authority Jesus has given me. So one, number one, if we've got to understand that we are lions, all lionesses, but we have that authority, we have that power, not because we're actually lions, but because of what's inside of us. What is inside here? And if we can understand that, then we start stepping into something really interesting. Now, here's another thought that I, I had, and I'd never seen the scripture before, but in Revelation 21 verse 8, you don't need to turn there, but it talks about some things that Jesus, God doesn't like. And one of those was, he doesn't like cowardly people. He doesn't like cowardly people. And yet that's what I sense 
across the body of Christ, not here, of course, but what I sense across the body of Christ, that the world has allowed us to not be bold like lions, but to be really shepherd, uh, sheeply and scared. And I think it's time that we had a, a courage culture, not a cancel culture. See, we're so, so scared of saying the wrong thing, of offending our friends, that we need to say nothing anymore. We never offer to pray for anyone. We never offer to do anything because we might get canceled. Who cares if we get canceled because we're standing up for what is right? And if there are people that want to cancel us, then, you know, it's not going to be long because before they want to come back to us because they see that we're living not under the confines of this world, but we're living according to what God has called us to. We're living according to what we've been called to. And they're the ones who are running away. And I really want to say that it's time we have a courage culture and not a cancel culture. It's time we learn to fight and not flight. You know, when stuff happens, do we try and run away or do we stand up for what we believe in? It's time to stop relying on what the world tells us about ourselves and listen to what the Scriptures say. We need to know what is written in this book. We need to know what God says about us. And that's what I'm declaring over your lives. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. It doesn't matter how old or how young you are. You have got an amazing potential. God has got callings and dreams and visions that are inside so many of you that are laying dormant because you're worried, what if I step out? What if you don't? Don't worry about what might not happen. We need to start thinking about what might happen. Do you know what I'm saying? What might happen if you step out? What might happen if you turn to your work colleague or your friend and you don't do it in a public way, but you just go, hey, I know you've been really battling can I just pray for you? Most people actually say, yeah, because they're looking for answers and they're seeing that it's not out there. But we have to have the boldness. We can't be caged up anymore because that is not what God has called us to. Let me declare some of these scriptures and maybe these are scriptures you need to highlight in your Bible and then actually pray yourselves. Yet in all the, Romans eight thirty-seven. yet in all these things, We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. See, you are a conqueror. Not through your strength, not through your smarts, but through Jesus, right? And He wants you to bring change and transformation to your workplace, to your home, to your family. I believe it's time we started believing and declaring, I don't know who this is for, that your extended family is all saved. But do you know how that's going to happen? It's not through me praying for them. Sorry. It's actually through you praying. It's through you declaring. It's through you believing. It's through you taking the authority. Exodus 15 verse 2. The Lord is my strength and my song. He gives me victory. So when you're facing a difficult situation, you just need to start praying. God, I declare Exodus 15. God, you are going to give me victory in this situation. You know, um, not that long ago, there was a lady in our well, family in, in church and something happened with their rental accommodation and they needed to go to small claims court. But I don't, it wasn't small. It was like many, many thousands of dollars. And this had been dragging on for ages. 
And, and we just prayed, and we'd been praying and praying as a church, God, you intervene in this situation. Well, when they finally got there, they got the victory, they got paid out, they got everything sorted, and God just moved miraculously in that situation. And that should be all of our stories, because that is the authority, that is what God has placed upon us. Let me keep reading. This is my God, and I will praise Him. My Father's God, and I will exalt Him. You know, I've just been thinking, because we've been talking about prayer, you know, the Lord's Prayer, how does it start? Oh my goodness, give yourselves a clap. Come on, that was awesome. Our Father. No, but do you understand? Our Father. Who are we praying to? We're praying to the best daddy in all the world who wants to give us amazing things. He wants to bless us. He doesn't want to hold back. Our Father. Sometimes we need to get that revelation. Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do what? All things through him who gives me strength. See, if we don't understand these things, we are, we are lions who have got all this power, all this authority backing us, and we're allowing ourselves to be caged because we don't understand who we are. We don't understand the calling upon our lives. We don't understand that God has got amazing things for us. And I believe in this room, we have got people who are called to full-time ministry. And do you know what you have to do? It's not going to happen tomorrow. You just got to keep stepping into it and stepping into it and stepping into it. You need to start thinking and going, hey, God, maybe, man, I would have loved this if God waited till I was 50 to call me into full-time ministry. I would have far rather that. Do you know why? Because then for the first however many years of working, I could really focus on doing a whole lot of things and getting myself all ready for what God's got for me. But whoever that is, I know people who are stepping into amazing callings, and, and I'm just looking across this room, and it's once you start slowing down and refiring, not retiring, that God opens up amazing doors. You know, there's a couple, some of you would know, there's a couple um, who have been involved in our church for years and years and years. And they've, well, he hasn't completely retired, but he's slowing down. And they've taken over the food bank ministry. They are now seeing people saved every week in the food bank ministry. They're seeing more people come through the food bank ministry than ever before. And if I talked to them about six months ago about the food bank ministry, they would have said, I am not interested at all. At all. They were just totally not interested. But you know what? In the right time, in the right moment, God is going to place something in your heart, and it's going to open up, and it's going to be huge. But that is what God's saying upon you and you and you and you. You've got to understand God is calling you to great things. God has got amazing things in your life. And I don't know what you're facing. Maybe it's a difficult boss. Not that I've got a difficult boss. Okay, I'm joking. No. Is this being recorded? But maybe you've got a complicated marriage. Maybe it's raising some kids that you're just finding really difficult. You know what? God gives you strength to not just survive, but to be more than a conqueror. But here's the thing, if you keep trying to do it in your own strength, then you're not going to see what God's got for you. If you keep going to work every day and you're like, oh man, do I, oh, oh, I don't want to see that person, I don't want to see that colleague, I can understand that. But are you praying about it? Are you coming to God and saying, God, I need you, in, you to intervene? I don't know what's going on in your world. Maybe you've, honestly, Pastor Tuck declared it and I laughed when he, I said, oh, that's a silly word. 
But he said at the start of this year, it's going to be a year of relationship miracles. I, I, I actually thought, oh, that's a dumb word. It's all right. Sometimes I'm really carnal and I just think like that. But you know what? I've seen it happen time and time with so many different families. And, and so quickly, there was a story about somebody. We had a, a prayer meeting and we we're praying about this area. And we made a declaration. I can't even remember what it was, but we always pray, declare three times. After the second time, you may have heard this last week, a text message came to this person. He didn't even declare it three times from somebody that had been a broken relationship and that needed to be restored for years. Why? Because we step into the authority. We step into the power that comes from heaven. And I hope you're hearing it and receiving it. See, Christianity was never meant to be half-hearted. It's full noise. It's full noise. It's fun and it's exciting. And I think this is a problem. Too many of us think, oh, Christianity is, is, is holding me back. It's stopping me from enjoying life. It's stopping me from seeing life to the full. No, it's the other way around. The world is stopping you from experiencing all that God's got for you. Because we're allowing the world and the things of the world to hold us back and to stop us from stepping into the true potential that all of us have. See, you are a child of the living God. You are a son and daughter of the, of the God who created the universe, who has all power and all authority. That's who you are. We need to stop living like caged lions because that's not who you are. You know, God made us with a fighting spirit. And, and you go, oh, I'm not that much of a fighter. Well, can I ask the question like Pastor Tark asked? When was the last time you fought with your husband or your wife? When was the last time you yelled at your kids? When was the last time you got angry when you're driving your car down in Auckland? We are fighters. And I want to declare that God has made you exact. I'm, I'm wrapping this up, but here's this thought. God has made you exactly the way you are. Perfect, wonderful. Psalm 139 verse 14, right? That's how God made you. He's made you exactly perfect. He looks at you and goes, there's not one mistake in you because I've made you exactly how you are. We need to understand that. He's planned you from the day the world got created. And here's something that I think some of us need to understand. It's not by chance that you were born in this season. It's not by chance that you were born in the season in 20, so that you're here in 2023. See, God could have had you born in the 1900s. But God appointed you to be around now in Northland. See, that's how God works. He could have created you and you could have been born in the 1500s. But God anointed and appointed you to be born now and to be here in Northland. And if you can understand, that means you're graced. You're graced for this time. Like Deborah, we have all been called for such a time as this. God has anointed you for this season in history. To be a lioness, to make a difference, to make a change. And I want to speak over that word from Gideon. We are, you are mighty men and women of valor. You know, in Judges 6 verse 12, if you've not read the story for a while, you need to read the story and, and see, because this is what I sense God saying. He's looking at you, and even though you don't feel it, this is what he's calling over your life. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you. I don't know who that's for, but the Lord is with you right now in your situation. The Lord is with you in your home and in your family situation. The Lord is with you at your job. The Lord is with you at your school or university. And then he says, you mighty woman of valor, you mighty man of valor. That's what he's calling out in you. And I'm declaring that right now. So if the band could come, because we're going to sing the song again, champion. And we're going to declare, I am who you say I am. And not just, oh, I am who I am. No, we're declaring it. God, I am who you've called me to be. I am a lion. I am anointed and appointed to take ground and take territory. I'm appointed to be here in Whangarei in this season. I'm anointed and appointed to be a leader, to take ground, to take authority. I'm here to see my friends and family saved. You know what I love? I love hearing from Pastor Russell story after story of people getting saved. Do you know how they're getting saved? Because friends are talking to them. Because people are are just sharing the love of Jesus. Because people are knowing who they are. I hope this morning that you're hearing and sensing and receiving something. So we're going to sing this song. You are my champion. I am able to do these things. Why? Because of who that lives in me. So this morning, I want us to stand to our feet. And we're just going to sing the chorus and the bridge a couple of times. And I just want God to really move and seal and speak it. I don't know what he's been saying, but do something right now. And let's really declare that. I am. You've got to say it. I am who you say I am. Come on, we're going to sing it. Because it's time that we're no longer caged lions. <laughs>